<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not an I, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. The number one thing I'm doing different than my parents is I'm actually living my life. I'm living my life. My mom, as I mentioned, passed in 97, but before she passed, a couple of years before she passed, she had a stroke. And I remember her... Um, even before she had the stroke, I told you how she started dating. My mom didn't date for like 10 years waiting for my dad. Like nothing. And then when she finally started to date, good old Joe, she gets sick. Joe is gone, right? And he, you know, he moves on in his life. But I remember her waking up out of that stroke and she was asking for her husband. And we're like, you're not married. And she's like, I have all these kids and I don't have anybody to love me. That's the joy of children laughing. These are makings of you. It is true, the makings of you. What's going on, beautiful people? It's your host, Mr. D713, better known as Drake with Everything Culture. And we are back with another Makings of You. And this morning, this afternoon, this evening, we're happy to introduce Kira with Moms and Martinez. Kira, how are you doing tonight? I am fantastic, magnanimous. Magnanimous? Is that how you say it? Yep, all of the above. And as the Southerners say, I am truly blessed and highly favored. How you doing? <laughs> I, I am swell. Let me tell you that. I am as well as blessed. I am superb. We're using SAT words in this thing. And, you know, bring, <laughs> and bringing our Southern roots and culture into it as well. I absolutely appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for joining us. Seriously, this is going to be a pleasure. So yeah, I met Moms and Martinis or Akira, um, ooh, maybe a year or so ago. I know mm-hmm. we... We run in the same circles, you know, in this podcast world. And I remember being on Twitter spaces, having conversations with you, maybe on Clubhouse, perhaps. I think Clubhouse may be in the first place. In the beginning, when COVID and Clubhouse was like the thing. Yeah. The thing, right. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, <laughs> shout out to Clubhouse. But either way, um, I just love your perspective on life and experience, as well as your podcast. and. We, we we kept in touch more on TikTok, and we're going to have a conversation in the future that I'm looking forward to getting into. But, you know, with everything culture, we got to get to know you first. So 
oh, you 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 listened to the makings of you before. So you gotta know what you're getting into. All right. <laughs> so but always if you need to take a little bit of time, you know, it's all good. This is your episode. So we rocking with Kira. All right. All right. So Kira, how would you define yourself? I am a beautiful soul, hopeless romantic. I'm a change agent. I am a ball of energy. I am light. That's who I am. Um, I don't think there are words to really uh, surmise who I am. You can't really box me in. I'm a little bit of hood. I'm hella professional. (laughs) Um, I am a nurturer. I'm just all of the above. I am. I am. I am. That's what I say. I am that I am. That's who I am. So anything that you think me to be or how you have experienced me, that's who I am. Mm, Love it. Love it. Love it. What cultures do you represent? Black, blackity black, and all black. <laughs> African-American. Um, of course, as growing up, you people say, oh, I have Native American in my family. Like, that is the thing. But I honestly do. I don't know a lot about it. I do have a cousin that lives on a reservation, and she's active into it. My family, my father is really into heritage and tracking the lineage and all of that. So he can tell you more than I could. Um, I did do some research and I was able to go back to the mid 1800s and find out some information, but I I don't know a lot about it to fully represent it. Um, But my father always talks about grandma era with her long white hair and sends me the picture. So I have it. Don't start asking me why or who and what tribe and all of that. I don't know. So I represent the black folks from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm black. Okay. We love it. We love it. <laughs> so, I, I, how would you describe your culture? My culture, when I think about that, my immediate thought goes to my mom's side of the family. That's who I grow, grew up with. That's who I'm around now. And we are everything ATL. Gold teeth, bumping music, house party, not the suburbs of Atlanta. We are Atlanta. Okay. That's who we are. The hood is of the hood. So that's what I would describe it. So the cookouts, the late at night, the fussing, the fight, any stereotypical blackness that is usually portrayed and put out there. That's my culture. That's my people. That's who I came from. And that's what I'm comfortable with. Mm, Love it. Love it. Do you mind sharing your age with us? Here's the funny thing. Hey, you you know, I'm a Southern, so you try to avoid that. No, no, no. I'll tell you my age. But if you know me, you know that I always lie about my age. I lie and I tell people I am older than what I am. Okay, so I'm 41, right? I already think I look good for 41. But it's just something about telling people, I like to add like four years. So people tell me, I'm like, they're like, how old are you? I'm like, oh, I'm 45, I'll be 46 in March. And it's just like, oh my God. Like, it's just something about it. That is my thing. I do it. I don't know when I started it. 
but that is like the running joke. Like everybody, I just lie. And sometimes I forget how old I am because I've lied so much about being older. It's weird. It's funny. And I just love people just like loving on me and telling me how good I look to be 46. Yes. <laughs> Share a little personal troll. I, I don't like trolls, but I do this little, little bit of a troll that I do on TikTok when they have those videos like, guess my age. Uh-huh. Every single time I'm picking the oldest, the old age, no matter what. Like, I'm just doing it. Just here, here. We know how old you are. It says in your bio, we see it. Right. <laughs> but do your thing. But you look, you know, the, the black don't crack. For most parts, it doesn't. But I Let's appreciate try. that. <laughs> Unless it's dry. Okay. <laughs> what is your sign? I'm a Pisces. I'm a lover. <laughs> I am all of the emotions. I am. I feel everything. So I'm a Pisces. All right. All right. Water sign? Yes. Okay. 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 Yes. Get a bit of that. <laughs> all right. How would you define your childhood and upbringing? Um, typical Southern Bible Belt Christian household. Um, my mother was an evangelist slash missionary and our life centered around it. I mean, we were in the church, in, in the church heavy. We had two services on Sunday. So Sunday morning, Sunday evening, that could be a feet washing service, communion, revival churches, or we're going to different churches. Um, Monday during the day, it was prayer at the church. Um, (laughs) Tuesday, I think, was our off day. Wednesday night Bible study. Thursday was missionary work. Friday night Bible study. So, church. Um, A lot of my childhood was centered around that. And the other part of my childhood was centered around the Boys and Girls Club. I am a product of Warren Boys and Girls Club in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, Boulevard. Stand up. Okay. So, uh, that's where a lot of my childhood and memories and really the makings of Kira were birthed from those two places. So, from church and the Boys and Girls Club. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. So what do you, other than being the evangelist in the household, what were the roles of your parents? Well, I grew up primarily with my mother. My parents separated when I was one, two, three, four, you know, long, long before. So I grew up with my mother as the just sole person. My dad moved to Maryland and that's where he resides now. So I would visit in the summer. My family, when I say my family, again, I'm referring to my maternal side. So my mom's side was ran by my grandmother, my mother, and my auntie, Aunt Marie. Those were the matriarchs. They held it down. And those were some mean, angry, money-hungry women, baby. <laughs> Let me tell you. I know you wasn't expecting it, but it's the truth, group. And I talk about it now. Those women ran everything. They ran everything. And that is how they shaped me to be. And sometimes I'm a little, I, I feel a way about it because I don't want to be that way. I, I want to, I wish I were softer in a lot of ways. Um, but they raised me to be independent and, you know, out to get and all of those things. So that's, that was, that is what was around me along with the elders in the church. But those, were the people, I guess, my sounding board and my steering committee. Wow. 
Wow, love it. Trust me. <laughs> around that. Let me tell you that. Um, do you have any siblings? I do. Okay. <clears throat> so out of my mom's children, my mom had six children. I am five out of six. Fifth, right? Fifth out of six. One, two, three, four, five. I'm the sixth. I mean, no, I'm the fifth. Yeah. Okay. You know how I go. Number five. Okay. Um, my father has children. Two sisters passed away before I, re- I was even born. So um, I would say I was third out of his five children. Um, and then my father also remarried. So it, I know it's a lot, but overall, I am seven out of 13 children. Right. So my placement varies. But I think overall I'm a middle child. Okay. 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 <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> Absolutely understand. And thank you, by the way. So how do you feel about your education and your life so far? Um, I'm still going. I'm in the graduate program, so I will finish next December to receive my master's in workforce development. Um, I just completed my bachelor's this summer. Congratulations. Um, yes, thank you. And I am. I have a personal goal to receive a PhD. Um, it's for me. Um, education has played a big part in my life. However, the story of how my education kind of played out is still being written. Um, I graduated with an above 4.0 grade point average, right? School has always been my jam. I wanted to be a teacher. I love the process of learning and I love teaching people how to learn. Um, I'm enthusiastic about it. Uh, It just comes to me naturally. I'm gifted in it. And I really, really enjoy it. Um, And I do a lot of self-development in terms of taking courses, reading books, podcasts, going to uh, listening to podcasts, going to workshops, seminars, conventions. Like I do that proactively to continue to grow and thrive and learn. That's just what I do, no one has to go and tell me to do these things. Um, but it, it was derailed. I've been in school a very, very long time. It's a it's a double-edged sword because I've also professionally have been able to achieve a lot without having a formal education because of all of the other things that I do in terms of learning how to volunteer on professional boards and the art of networking and being self-taught in a lot of these things. So I've I always tell people I take my street hustle, right? So the stuff I learned how to finagle in the street, all that, and I applied to corporate America, and that's how I became a director with a high school diploma. Tell them. Let them know. That's my biggest flex. (laughs) Hey, hey, but people need to hear it. Hey, this is the makings of Kira right here, y'all. Okay, okay. Thank you. Seriously, seriously. Um, And our next question, this actually taps into... Our future conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you have your first sense of responsibility? I think it has always been given to me. Again, thinking about my upbringing and the women in my family. To provide some context, right? My mother married twice. 
she straight out of high school married a guy. He was in the military. She was a housewife. She raised her kids. They divorced. She married my dad, military, housewife. She raised her kids. My mother did not begin her life until she was 35, where she went to school to become a cosmetologist, and she became an entrepreneur. So from a very young age, I was groomed to take over her business. From I can remember from the hair salon starting in the kitchen and I had to do that whether it was bringing towels or you know getting the customers water so I got older I was answering the phone doing the books counting the money I was groomed for that business so I've always had this responsibility kind of handed to me and I, I can't necessarily pinpoint exactly when that happened um, and also for my mother's children, she has the four older kids and it's a 10 year gap. And then it's myself and my younger brother. And somehow along the way, and there's a lot more things into it, but uh, my brother, younger brother looks at me as his mother. So in turn, I've been responsible for him. He would get into a lot of stuff and trouble. And, you know, people like, I'm going to get my big brother. He would say, I'm going to get my big sister. And what am I doing in the house, minding my business, reading the book? My thing, I have a love affair with books, always have. And I have to go outside, beat up somebody and come on back in the house. That's just, yeah, I've always been responsible for him and always been responsible for everybody else and everything else. Um, and it's made me who I am. And I don't like it. I'm learning to shed it. I, I don't like it. It's made me miserable. Mm. Thank you. Wow. So you get there right now. Oh, I'm looking forward to this conversation we're going to have in the future. This is going to be so enlightening. So what was your first job? My mother's salon. That, that was my first job. And then my mother employed my aunt to do nails in the salon. And then my aunt hired me to do some stuff um so that was that and then outside of my family my mom didn't date until years later like I never seen her now and then she started dating this guy named Joe Joe had his business with a nice fancy BMW all of that so mm -hmm. Joe would pay me I remember Joe Joe paid me to I can't remember what type of business it was but I would have to print out something advertisement letters bills invoices or something fold them put them in the um in the envelopes seal the envelopes stamp them and address them like you know and address all the envelopes and take them to the post office and so joe paid me for that so that's how i'm aging myself there you go uh <laughs> before all of the emails and all of that where you get the wet sponge and you seal the envelopes up and did that so that was that um and i think my Yes, corporate job, official first corporate job, was at TCBY in Riches, in <laughs> Riches Macy in Lenox Mall, where I got fired for giving away ice cream. Gave ice cream to the boy. He was so cute. He went to my school, didn't know the loss prevention manager was standing behind him. Then she came up and I was like, oh, you want to hook up to? Fired me on the spot. Shameful. Shout out to TCBY. <laughs> Listen, 
See, she was see, I didn't understand. She had a, a, a customer that was gonna come back. She was she really was a great saleswoman right there. Y'all missed out on her. All I'm saying. <laughs> you know, all I'm saying. You know, but it's all good. <laughs> and you started sound like you started as perhaps administrative assistant, you know, coming in, you know, maybe executive assistant, you know, all I'm saying, the work you've been doing. You know, I'm in HR. I know how to flip them titles around. I know how to boost them up. We feel you. We feel you. Okay, okay. How are you disciplined growing up? Ooh, woo. <laughs> this is a sore spot for me because even as a kid, I would say that I was abused. And whenever I would say that, it would like enrage everyone. I'm like, nah, Shada just hit me with a broom. Like, that is abuse, right? Um, so, yeah, any and everything. I used to say that my mom was a Bible-toting thug, like legit. She was a missionary, but sis had hands. I remember. <laughs> Most of them do. <laughs> I remember one time we we had moved into this um, house and we were hanging curtains. You know, you put your things up. And my sister called was complaining about my brother. I don't know what it was. And my brother was like cursing. And my mom kept saying, don't curse, don't curse, don't curse. And he cursed. Only thing I know, the phone was on the coffee table. You can hear like yelling in the background. She told my younger brother and I, get in the car. The hammer that we were using to hang the curtains she put it in her purse. <laughs> we rolled over and she confronted my brother. And I'm going to leave it right there. So how was I disciplined? That was my mama. So you can fill in the blank. <laughs> now on the flip side of that, <laughs> I know my people going to be like, ooh, Kira, you told all the real And is, I always say, I like to tell my business because I tell it best. Okay. And that's so, why we do that's why we do the makings of you because nobody can tell Kara's story better than Kira. Now, if y'all want to come on the show and tell y'all perspective, y'all more than welcome. Holla at me. But this is <laughs> Kira. This is the makings of Kira. So y'all make sure thank y'all for tuning in. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> now I will say, um growing up and still now being a bit of perfectionist because of fear of discipline that I would discipline myself for things so if there was a goal or an image or something that I really wanted and desired and I didn't do it and I had like this pressure I would put on myself I would punish myself so if there was an assignment I had for homework and I got an 89 instead of a 100 or you know just then I would put myself on punishment like no you're watching too much tv that type of thing and that kind of just shaped me again don't like it and now I'm beginning to shed it so the fear of not wanting to disappoint and also being taught to conform and hold images I'm overly critical on myself. So even as a child, I would punish myself for a lot of things. Wow. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. So what was and what are your beliefs? I believe that there is a higher power, something greater. I, I feel it and see it and experience it most when I'm in nature. Um, I grew up Christian, um, non-denomination, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. 
um, speaking in tongues, all of the above. That's how I grew up. Shouting, Holy Ghost, feet washing, like. <laughs> and that was non-denominational? Non-denominational. And, I, and we didn't celebrate holidays or anything. So when I tell people, they it's like, are you Jehovah's Witness? I'm like, no. It wasn't Pentecostal or anything. It was non-denominational where we was lay at the altar and tarry all night and do all that, right? So I went from that environment and my mom passed in 97 and I moved with my dad and my dad is a Methodist reverend mm. <laughs> so imagine that right so between the politics of growing up I guess in that holiness environment right or Kojic Church of God in Christ and then going to the extremes of um, Methodist and understanding the politics there behind the Methodist church, I fell out of love with religion. I have a problem with religion. Mm. I have a problem with spirituality. I don't have a problem with believing that there's a higher power. I do believe that some people need that type of structure in their life. And I, I support that. But for me, I know that there's something higher. However, I want to learn to connect in the way that most relevant to me and once I began to learn to do that that's when I began to feel the presence of God I thought I had it before but when you kind of release yourself for all of that and then you really tap into what you believe it to be it's a different experience so I just say I'm spiritual thank you thank you thank you thank you who has been the biggest influence in your life my daddy shout out pops that's my boo hey boo uh that's what i tell him all the time hey boo that's my boo my father um <laughs> I, I call my father baby jesus because one he's a reverend two his birthday is december 25th and three whenever you ask him something he give you this story i'd like hurry up with the parables sir but <laughs> because of these parables um i i, I would say that my father, for a very long time, I would say, was the wisest man I know, right? Just just everything. Um, a lot of, I, in my working life, right, I am um, director of learning and development. So I facilitate and create a lot of training. And a lot of my training around leadership principle and servant leadership are based on the principles and those parables and those teachings that my father gave me. So... My father is a huge influence um, in my life. And him telling me things at 16 that I thought was just, why <laughs> does this matter? I use it to make money today, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I love him. I love him dearly. And he is has the most influence over my life. Wow, wow. Shout out to Pops. Much love, much love. Hey, boo. <laughs> I, I may have to reach out to him for the show. Okay, we might have to work something out. No, something. Okay. Could you recommend a book, a movie, and a television series? See, so this one was hard. I knew this one was hard. I don't know. Now, the book, because I'm a bookworm, the book that changed my life and it's been calling me to read it again is The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murray. Mm. I know people talk about manifestation and all these things and willing it, but he really talks about it and drill down into it. So amazing, amazing book. Book changed my life. Um, I read a few books that year that were life-changing for 
Um, movie. I'm a passive TV watcher. Let me put that out there. Like, typically, you know, people like the TV watching me. I'm one of those. I have my shows, you know, that I watch. But I, I go through cycles of televisions and movies. And typically, after I watch a movie or a TV show, I forget. Like I tell people, I remember. I forget, but I remember. So if you start talking about it, like, oh, yeah, I remember. But I forget immediately. Read a book. I can tell you all details and the page number. Mm. So I'm put that out there. That's my disclaimer, okay? So TV show... No, movie. Movie. I don't know. I would say this is this one I'm gonna say. And I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna say wait until exhale. Mm. And the reason why is my mom. I remember I told you how she was holding this. We didn't even listen to circular music. But waiting as hell came out. And the way my mom played that movie over and over again and listened to that soundtrack, and it was the first time I ever heard her singing and hear this Christian woman singing Shoop, Shoop, Devu. And I'm like, what is it about this song? To go back and after have lived a life, divorced and all of the above, and watch that movie? I said, oh, Sister D was going through. So that's why I would say waiting to exhale okay um <laughs> i was playing that soundtrack yesterday it is amazing it's amazing so it has a whole new meaning like i want to take my friends and we need to fly to arizona and have just a whole waiting to exhale sleepover at a resort with the outfits and everything like it's in my brain it's going to come together i'm the planner of the group so that is Don't coming say. That is kind of, I love stuff like that. Um, let's see. Um, TV show. I can't choose just one, but I would say any late 80s, early 90s sitcom. Sanford and Son, Family Man, like any of that. Watch any of them. That was good TV. Mm. You know, the Jeffersons, you know, all of that. 227. Watch any of those. Pick one. That's what you need to watch. <laughs> I got pick up. I suppose um, every Saturday I cover a different sitcom, and I got I got some in the chamber that y'all don't even know about. That I'm like, ooh, all of them wasn't that ho- um, <laughs> that uplifting into the community. But hey, it was out there though. But I love me some two two seven. Oh, shout out to the father on that show. Um, those are some really life changing sitcoms, uh, life molding sitcoms, and I believe that sitcoms what it, it was meant to be in the first place. Even though it's you know situational comedies, but uh, isn't that what sitcoms stand for? I guess it sounds okay. good to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, extremely dope and love family matters. You know, um, Paul Judy went up some stairs and never came back down. But um. If you can call three people to have a conversation with, whether they're being actual people you know, people you've met, people you've never met, or to actually someone someone fictional, who would you want to call? I always call my three best friends. My three best friends, Oprah Winfrey, Simon Sinek, and Brene Brown. (laughs) Mm. My friends, okay? Um, Oprah, say what you want. But to see her coming, my dad knew Oprah growing up. My dad is from Nashville, Tennessee. So to come from that type of beginning to be who she is and still have like this curiosity about being and uncovering and like shedding what was and 
guiding people through whatever that process is of finding out who they are, I admire that on top of the acting credits and just everything she's been able to build and employ in the work, right? Say what you want to say. And I, I'm not even talking about nothing about her bank account with that. But say what you want to say to come from that upbringing to who? Oprah Winfrey? Friend. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Friend. Uh, Simon Sinek. Love it. Another person who I use a lot in the training. Starting with why. I just love the way that he talks about leadership and the developing of people and the investment of people in corporate spaces. It's something that I'm very passionate about, um, especially when people are wanting to be entrepreneurs. I call myself an entrepreneur, right? People are like, you want to be an entrepreneur? Go out there. That's cool. That's not my ministry, right? Give me a corporate America job and I can work that. Okay. Flip it three, four ways. That's just where I get down. So I use Simon a lot for that. And Brene Brown, the scientist that studies hurt, vulnerability, and shame. <laughs> Who doesn't love that? To be transparent in your own crap and own it and do it with a smile? That's my girl. Number three. Hey. You really didn't drop a lot of good... People. I hope people are listening to this. I hope you're sharing it with a friend. This is some good knowledge, great information, and I appreciate it. And once again, thank you again, Kira. And this is the makings of Kira with Everything Culture. Y'all make sure to tune in. Okay. What has been an impactful moment in your life? Ooh, so many. I'll go with the most recent. The most recent was leaving a job after 14 years and taking a leap of faith and starting over new. I'm 41, aka 46, and I've only had four corp like jobs, careers, profession. You know, not the teenage TCBY and all of that, but I've only worked at four places. That's it. I go and I stay. <laughs> you know? Um, however, that is not the world today. And that experience being somewhere for so long taught me so much about myself, so much about navigating those spaces. Um, and it was a huge transition just all the way around. And I even went through a process of grief and no one understood because, you know, it was during the time that people like, you leave these jobs, they don't appreciate you. Da, da, da. I, I just started my current role October last year. So this is recent. People like, you should be happy. I was happy, right? I wanted to be a senior manager. I got a director. Oh, and I keep I saying director. Now I got a promotion. I'm a senior director, right? In less than a year. And I'm like, this place sees my worth. They're paying me way more than what I thought. The scope that I'm doing is just mind-blowing. It checked all the boxes. And yet I'm grieving this place that caused me so much pain. And that's people just... It took me a while. It took me like six months. I grieved my job. Oh. But whenever I would share that with people, no one would get it. No one would get it. Yeah, that's a whole conversation behind that right there. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's a, a culture of experience that people don't know that when you work somewhere, especially when you build relationships with other people or relationships in it. If, I don't know if it was a nonprofit or corporate but when you're going to a business and you really believe in the mission, what they're saying, or the day-to-day -day intricacies, and you make that sudden change, whether it's up to you or someone else, it's still a moment of, 
I put a lot, I invested a lot into this. So I absolutely understand. Yeah. Um, you got me thinking, I've only been at three. I don't know. Okay, maybe. That's rare. I tell people that, like, what? <laughs> I be liking my job for the most, with the current one. Let me tell you that. But, uh, <laughs> but thank you. That, that, that's a, for real, thank you. That is a great perspective. I don't think a lot of people think of or consider or not just even know they may be feeling that or not. Um, mm-hmm. What's your theme song? Not give you buck. Everybody know that. That is my theme song. And that track plays in my head in every situation. Every If you know me, you know that Kira's theme song is Nuck If You Buck. And I mean that. And I mean that on both ends, even for me. So if you want something, go get it. Mm, love it. Right? Okay. Buck. Do it. Corporate space, at home, in the driveway, in the hood, don't matter. You Nuck. You buck? Nuck. Go for it. And you're going to get everything you earn. <laughs> there got to be a certain way that you buck in that corpus, base. You, you know, when keeping it real go wrong, you know, trust me. I was Yes. And that's that's what I'll say. It's when I say nuck if you buck, I know people think it like to be this, you know, go off things. But even like you're saying, corporate spaces go out. I call people out all the time in the most professional way. I hold people accountable in spaces, right? That's how nuck if you buck, right? Don't have a problem with calling you out. Thank you so much, Drake, for sharing that idea that we talked about. You bucked, okay? I'm going to call you out on it. And if we outside, that's another one. You know, it just depends. But just know when I say nuck if you buck is if if you're going to try something, then do it. And then be prepared for the consequences that come with it. That's good or bad. And sometimes people hear the word consequence and they automatically think negative. There are good consequences as well. So even with me, as I mentioned, um, leaving and getting a new job, that was a knuck if you buck moment. I'm like, it's go big, go home. Like this me telling myself, like knuck if you buck, go for it. Stop doubting it, right? Stop choosing this. Where's your confidence? Go for it. Who? And that's how I always tell people, like, nuck if you buck. I also have, like, this saying in my brain that I go by, I don't like no. Whenever someone tells me no, I never take it as N-O. It's K-N-O-W. Who don't I know? What don't I know? What do you need to know? But never tell me no. No? No? No. That doesn't fly with me. Because if you're telling me no, what don't I know? Did I not know enough information? Who do I need to know? What don't you know about me? Like, what is it? So that's where my neck, if you buck, who are you? Why are you so grand and special that I can't have it too? What? <laughs> neck, if you buck. Go ahead. Try. See, uh, my, my mentality, you know, I usually try to start off, you know, the, the um, love isn't in the love. But... I don't know, over the past couple years, it's been that get on my level. Mm-hmm. And when that plays and that's going on, like, I I don't, it's just, it's a different feeling. And then once again, it, it's really to that point of y'all like, y'all really not seeing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And like, once again, you can try, but I want you to try because I'm, I'm I'm ahead of that, you know, but I want you to catch up. That's what I'm saying. But you're probably not, but you may, but you're probably not. But I'm moving forward. I only, I can focus on me. No, that's one I don't feel good too. That's one of them ones that really get me going. Like, yeah, get on my level. What? Yes. 
I can't I, be in the I, car I, with that one. I do the the you, me. you know what I mean? I ain't get a little I gotta be I'm a responsible adult now. Okay, let's say that. Let's say that. Okay. <laughs> you coming right along with everything. We past halftime and things. Once again, y'all, this is the makings of Kira with everything culture. Oh man. How do you define joy? Oh, joy, joy. Oh, great joy. <laughs> joy down in my soul. Unspeakable joy. Joy, <laughs> it's a feeling. It's not attached to anything. It's a sense of euphoria. It's bliss, right? It is just the feeling of knowing and being and being present and being content and feeling the overwhelming love. Like it's you can't even it's so much peace that overflows and just bursts. That's joy. Right? At least for me. And because of that, I talk a lot about I do have a joy jar. So in moments where I'm feeling joyful, I write it down on a little piece of paper and I put it in a mason jar. The mason jar is up still. It's on my nightstand. So when times are really dark and bleak for me, I go to my joy jar and I remember the things that gave me joy. And I try to recall it from a memory. So I close my eyes and I meditate on it and I try to remember it, right? All of these things. And if that doesn't work, then I know that in these moments I found joy. So I'll go and try to do those things so I can replicate that feeling to kind of get me out of my mood. So joy, a joy jar. And over the years, I've learned that the things that bring me joy rarely cost me money. So, joy. Love it, love it, love it. What privileges do you benefit from? <laughs> um, I, I benefit from being um, an educated woman. I benefit from being a woman. I benefit from being a homeowner. Um, I benefit because my children were born who are married mother and father, right? My kids have the same mother and father. Um, I benefit from a lot of things. Um, yeah, I can keep going. I benefit from it. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, that's going to go into our episode, too. We will talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. All right. And what areas in your life do you need to heal? Ooh. <laughs> Where the tissue? Can we call Ayala? Can we add a four person I can call Ayala, my auntie? Um, <laughs> I need to heal. <sighs> That's a tough one. And normally I'm not speechless. I can come with him. Um, hey, I recognize. That's all I'm like, and hey, you hit deep too. I'm appreciating this. But welcome to everything culture. Welcome to the making. Yes, because this, this is one... That the reason for my pause is because I am actively working through. I have been experiencing and getting to know and cozying up to the emotion of anger lately. I have not been angry since about 2010. Yes, I get upset and, you know, things make, you know, all of those things. But lately I've been angry. 
And a lot of my anger I'm finding is coming from the things I need to heal from. So not setting time boundaries where people are disrespectful of my time for basically the behaviors that I've encouraged and allowed for so long, right? Intellectual things, people come, you steal your ideas and... Um, <laughs> and I'm pissed off. Like I am, I'm angry over it. Like why? It's like the, the no regard for me as a person, the overlooking, looking through, it's just, I need to heal from it so that I can better navigate it and get from it. But right now I'm just so angry. I mean, the list goes on and on my time, my resources, my emotional, just everything. I just, I need to heal. I just, I I can't even put it all into words. I can just say that I know I need to heal. I know that I have a bit of a bitter heart right now, cold heart right now. Um, But it still doesn't take away my capacity to love. And that's the beautiful thing about Kira. You know what I mean? I call myself the wounded warrior. Like I'm the wounded healer and I'm working through my mess. So it's a lot I need to heal from. And as I continue to work through this new thing and become friends with my anger. When I figure all that out, I come back and let you know. And we appreciate that greatly. Do you going through your Bruce Banner moment at the moment? Mm-hmm. You know? All right. Well, you gotta keep, you get to know the Hulk a little bit more. You know, yeah. I absolutely understand that. Trust me, when you talking about the ideas and you do everything you were saying, I like. You mean the disrespect? That's all I'm looking at. It's the overall disrespect. But hey, we support you. (laughs) If I can send you a hug, I absolutely would. Let me tell you that. Mm -hmm. Mm. When did you realize you were different? I never realized everyone else told me I was. That made me feel awkward. I've always been comfortable with who I am. I've always been sure of who I am. I always knew who I was and what I was created to do and who I wanted to be. It was the voices, the opinion, direction of others that steered me away from that. And that's who I'm longing and running back to. I knew I was different because people told me I was different. They told me I thought different, especially my family. You're so this and you're so that and you're to this and to that. And I'm like, well, hell, I'm just being me. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I began to think those things were wrong. Um, So I I learned to, again, put on fronts and facade and conform. Like, I'm very good at that. I can do that easily. Wow. I'm always saying, you know, you put on your lipstick and your earrings, you never look like what you're going through. So I was always told that I was different. Is that a Southern saying? I've heard that for mostly women from the Southern, from the South, I would say. Yeah, it is. But it meant men too, you know, you, if you look good, you feel good. You know, that mindset of appearance yeah. matters. But this is more so, of, you know, you got to put on airs and fronts and, you know, keep your, your business and your house and all of that. But that's how people learn how to suffer in silence. But I'm not here for this today. Um, <laughs> but I knew I was different. It just even I remember after my mom passed and I went to D.C. 
or Maryland. I never thought about the way I spoke until I said something. Everyone thought I was like, say it again. You talk different. It's just always, people have always pointed out how I'm different. You know, I go into spaces. It's like, oh, you're so this and that. And I'm just like, I'm just being me. So I never thought I was different. Everybody else telling me I'm different. Hopefully that makes sense. It makes sense to me. <laughs> it ain't gonna make sense to a lot of other people. And with you, everything you're saying, but you growing up and with your experience you're having, you should already know it ain't gonna make sense to a lot of other people too. Yeah. But this is, and that's why this is the making Sakira. Hey. <laughs> you feel me? It's like the makers of nobody else but you. All right. And thank you once again. So this question is always a little convoluted. So I hope I'm asking it correctly. So what traditions do your culture hold when someone passes away? Okay. So what when, when I'm thinking of my culture, I'm gonna answer this in terms of my family okay so and this is sad and this is something else that I've been angry about in going off in the family group chat over the culture when someone passes is one for them to call one of three people which I'm one of the three two for us to discover that their affairs are not in order after I have promised them or not even promised, but after I have fussed about them, about having your, getting your affairs in order, mm-hmm. followed by the fr- the fish fry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next. <laughs> and the cash apps and the GoFunds me, all of the stress and going to the church that you haven't visited since you were 12 and all of the things. And, um, yeah, so that that's the culture. And after we get all that together, uh, we're going to get some T-shirts, okay? Uh, we're going to turn up the day before. We're going to go to the wait. We're going to come after the wait. We're going to turn up afterwards. Then the next day, it's going to be some drama in the parking lot. It's probably going to be some type of scene at the funeral mm-hmm. or at the burial. Mm-hmm. And it's really like a Tyler Perry movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then after all of that, um, the cussing and fussing and hoopla and uh, live streaming and all of that. Um, <laughs> y'all ain't incorporated live streaming and y'all go ahead now. I told my daughter, you better not. And if we got to collect the devices at the door and I don't want my face on nobody's shirt, none of that. <laughs> I, I, I said years ago, I'm going to have security in mind. I'm letting you know. It's just, they, you know, so we, that's the culture. And then afterwards, we get tore up. That's just what it is. And then everyone say how we need to do better, how much we love each other, and how we're going to do better. And we make plans. And it's good for a little bit. And then everything goes back to where it, it is the continual. That's the cycle. Mm. That is the cycle. So even right now, I am urging even my older siblings, do you have life insurance? Who has this information? Do you have advanced directive? Like, what are we supposed to be doing with your things? And I have these discussions and they look at me like I'm a foreigner. Example, this is why Kira is different. Get your affairs in order. What are you doing? It's not my responsibility. So that is our culture. (laughs) By chance, are you from PG County? My dad, yeah. 
make a lot of sense. It's something about you PG County folks. <laughs> Seriously, every guest that I have from PG County has um, a different type of they have respect for the South because Maryland is considered the South. Okay, let's be clear about that. If you want to hold it, hold it. But they also have a, a strong sense of Black wealth and responsibility mm-hmm. and culture. And I really do. I catch up. I catch it so quick when someone said they're from Maryland. I'm like, if you don't say you're from Baltimore, you're from PG County. So I'm like, or DC. But I'm like, and it, it, I just see that pattern. Uh, make sure they're taking care of the future and contingency planning for the family as well. So thank you, seriously. Yeah, it could just bump. I ain't, I ain't talking about my family today. We thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure to send this to them though. You asked when did you your first responsibility? I have been labeled the responsible one, and it's by default. I was grown to be the responsible one. And everyone's like, oh, just give it to Kira. I didn't sign up. No, I don't want that. I don't want it. I don't want it. Give it back. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. It's not my problem. You got to make me pause this show so we can talk. You know, I ain't like, <laughs> like, like there, there's a whole other thing. Like, that is a legit topic right there of being, and that goes into what I want to talk about in the future. Because it is exhausting being this child and being respons- more responsible than some adults, you know, being that older big cousin sometimes, you know. And I, and I, I know my family that's listening to this. I love y'all. I know I do. But damn it, it, it it's t- it, it takes a toll. I don't have all these gray hairs in my beard being thirty six. Okay, like that's. But this ain't about me. This is <laughs> Like that's, proud it's the of. culture is the culture these are the invisible threads that have been passed down it's in the fabric of a lot of African American culture it is and that is what I am determined to break away from I do not want it the burden is heavy and the reward does not match Mm-hmm. It's ghetto, one star, do not recommend, don't want it, will not subscribe to it, and do not care that you are upset because I have checked out. I'm leaving the U.S. Everybody, I, I got them on notice. I have a plan. I have met with my financial advisor. I am leaving. I don't know what y'all going to do. <laughs> I cannot talk the way I want to talk right now because this is your show, but hey, I, I hear you. When I tell you I hear you, I, like, we once again we gonna keep it going because I can this is gonna hold this we can get into it but we gonna hold that right there so much right there so much right there <laughs> who do you trust I trust everybody to be themselves okay mm. I think trust is ruined by expectations so I can only trust you to be you where I go wrong is I expect you to do more because I am me. <laughs> and that would be your fault. And it is. Mm. So when it plays out and I'm sitting there with egg on my face and you think about it and I think about it, they are just being themselves. They remain true to who they were. So I trust everybody. I trust you to be yourself. It's up to me to use the wisdom and discernment to monitor and adjust 
and act accordingly. Love it. Okay, I'm going to extend this question. You have a biopic coming up. Mm-hmm. What three people would you want? Three actors. Can't be you. Can't be other people. Who would play you and who would play two other people? Who would you pick? Who would be the people that you would have in your biopic to show? And what actor or actresses would you have played in? Okay. First start, who would play you? Oh, I, only reason I'm going to say Takara, what's her last name? Jones, American Talk Model Girl. But she's like... Bustier. I, I don't have that. So they'd be like, y'all lying. They ain't here. But people say we look alike. <laughs> so I would choose her. And, you know, I, I don't think she gets enough credit. Right? So I, I would choose her. Um, the other two people... And I don't know this actor's name, and I should. The it would be my younger brother, right? That would be the other person in my pick because he plays a huge part of my life. And the dude that play Little Murder on P Valley, like Little Murder, would be my brother. That is my brother. Okay. Like real talk, okay. With the exception of my brother stay, my brother is thirty six. He has spent twenty four of his years in juvenile jail or prison. He in jail right now. About to go back to prison. Okay? But uh, everything that you see on P-Valley, Little Murder, that's my brother. Okay? I've never watched P-Valley, but I'm sure a lot of people listening to this may have watched P-Valley. Okay? Oh, they know. So, just all of it. Ugh, anyway. He just trains me. He just always into something. Um, And I'll have my dad. And it'll be T.D. Jakes. And they kind of look alike. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I see it. You pull it in together. What, hey, what network would it be? Would it be into the theaters, or would it go straight to a network? It would go to like a network or an app or something. <laughs> okay, what network would it go to? Would you, where would you want to watch your biopic on? You know, we got to do like how. You know what? I was gonna say BET Plus, but Lifetime been doing. Lifetime's been giving a lot of black content lately. I don't know what's mm. up with them. Lately, they have changed. So if you look at them now, they have a lot of stuff for the black community. I don't know who's in charge over there, but shout out to y'all. Uh, this is not a sponsored oh, um, no, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Now, if y'all have, have Lifetime, we can work something out. You know, we can make this, you know, the same. <laughs> my you know. bad, I forgot we will tag y'all. You, what you said, that was a good little plug we did for y'all. Thank you, Kira. Thank you. You know, everything culture. And yeah. moms are martinis. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you could have any job in the world, anything you could do. Like, basically, money was not an issue. You was wealthy beyond means, but you had to do one thing. What would you do? I would... Uh, start a nonprofit for survivors of domestic violence and provide them everything they need um, for workforce readiness and building life after. And that would include um, mental and emotional resources, health benefits, um, housing, all of the things that would get them established um, for life after. That's what I would do. When was the last time you cried? I think no today because my boss um his last day is Friday. 
and we oh. had a one away luncheon. And he is a uh, gay black man, senior vice president. No one else looks like him. So the one person that looked like me is leaving. Um, so it's just a sad moment, sad. And he became not only a boss, but a mentor and a friend. Like, it's just, he's an amazing person, amazing human being. And he's done a lot. Um, but I'm honored that he's passed the torch to me and trust me that I'll do it. But I'm like, this big shoes to feel, but I, I did shed some tears. Love it. You, you, you know, I'm, I'm hit. Everything culture, we big in DEI, you know, me being a recruitment. That's why I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. that comment you made right there, the only person that looked like me means a whole lot. Ah, okay. Thank you for sharing. So, got two options. Mm-hmm. Would you rather go back in time and talk to your younger self or your future self come and talk to you now? My future self come talk to me now. Because I have a lot of anxiety about what the future is. I I don't question whether or not I'll be okay. You know, that's not a question. I don't want to go back and talk to my younger self because, hell, I'm here. I've I've made it here to this point. I've figured it out and I needed all of those experiences, good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is, to, to help me be here but I would love to hear from my future self to inspire me to keep going you know um because lately like I say I just I'm tired right and I heard this woman say she said I'm the type of tired that sleep can't fix I'm tired Mm. see you already listened to the makings of you before so you know the next question is how do you relax Oh, I relax a number of ways. I relax by music, right? Um, Dark room, music playing, just in the zone. I've curated multiple playlists depending on the mood to get me where I need to be. Okay, that's a skill. Um, And I relax by what I call back porch pimping. I love outdoors. So I have a screened in back porch with the string lights. I get my music going out there with a cigar and some cognac in the zone. Okay. Um, I relax by reading sometimes because it allows me to escape the reality. I can go anywhere from the comfort of my home through books and I can get away. That's relaxing to me. Um, I relax by hiking, right? Moving my body, getting out with nature. Um, I relax through traveling, right? I know these say, I guess you call this active rest, right? But it allows me to have a freedom because that's why I work so hard to afford myself these particular freedoms. So that's just it but yeah relax I have learned I I told somebody this a couple weeks ago I have been delivered from feeling guilty about doing nothing 
I prioritize it now. I schedule one day a week that I do nothing. I sit on my bed and chuckle at TikTok all day, and I may order a DoorDash. And when I say I do nothing, I do nothing. That email is going to be there. That assignment is going to be there. Them dishes are going to be there. The kids, they yelling, they screaming, they all right. Nobody's dead. Nobody's bleeding. So we're good. And when I say I do nothing, do nothing. And it took me a long time to learn how to do that. I don't be doing nothing. Sit right on in my bed. That's when most of my TikToks, y'all look, I'm in the bed. Because I ain't doing nothing. And don't plan on it. And don't feel bad. And and good. And we appreciate that. (laughs) Heavily. Love it. What is a quote that you live by? Um, have a few. But life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you um, respond to it. So Charles R. Swindle is probably the main one. Look at you even know who the quote is from. I mean, I gotta ask you to follow up. Thank you. (laughs) My favorite question, my favorite question. Is she a coupe de gras, your last meal? Mm -hmm. What would it be and who would prepare it for you? No, I love food. Okay, that's my problem. I've earned my chin, baby. I love some food, uh, and I love good food. It doesn't matter. Like, and when I'm on my healthy kit, it doesn't matter if the food is good. It's good. So if it's my last meal, I think I would want the best of the best chef from every culture, all food. I just want to sample in like a grazing table of just all of the things and let me dibble and dabble and just nibble on everything and give me all of the wines and the champagne. Just let me experience it all. I just want everything. So give me the best of the best from every country around the world and just let me go in. Love it. See, that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to listen to all y'all and I'm on all my Yes, it's been on my show. Whatever they last meal was, I want to bit what they having right there, you know. Mm-hmm. But I got to make sure because you you went to the chef route. I got to make sure if they people can cook too. So that's my next. Thing. But that, that, that's another thing. That's another thing. Okay. How would you want people to remember you? I would want people to remember me as someone who saw them, like I see you. And I want them to remember me as someone who cared and listened to them and aided them how I could. I want them to remember me as someone who was kind and empathetic and resourceful and present with them. That's how I want to be remembered, that I was present. Love that. Love that. Two more questions. You knock it out. I love it. (laughs) What are you doing differently than your parents? So many. The number one thing I'm doing different than my parents is I'm actually living my life. I'm living my life. My mom, as I mentioned, passed in 97. But before she passed, a couple of years before she passed, she had a stroke. And I remember her... Um, even before she had the stroke, I told you how she started dating. My mom didn't date for like 10 years waiting for my dad. Like nothing. And then when she 
finally started to date good old Joe she gets sick Joe is gone right and he you know he moves on in his life but I remember her waking up out of that stroke and she was asking for her husband and we like you're not married and she's like I have all these kids and I don't have anybody to love me that stuck with me that you didn't live your life for 10 years waiting for somebody that stuck with me and then with my dad because my dad has been a step parent to so many children and raised children majority of his life I remember when he retired for the second time in his late 60s he finally went on a cruise with my stepmother he was like I finally get to do what I want to do in life sir no sir and then I even talked to him um last week because I'm just like dad I'm just ready to go I'm on a borderline just selling my house and just if I trust the kids dad I would just leave them with their dad and just go I just want to be because I went from being somebody's daughter to somebody's mother at a 19 then I was somebody's wife at 23 I just want to be me so I have learned to live my life. But even in t- talking to my dad, he was like, well, you know, when you're younger, you got about eight more years before you can. No, I don't. I'm not waiting another eight years. Are you crazy? <laughs> when Carl Jung, and I might get this quote wrong, but he says the greatest burden a child has is the unlived dreams of their parent or something like that. That's the worst thing you can do to a child. So what I'm doing different than my parents is I live my life. I live it wholeheartedly. I make all the mistakes. I talk to my kids about it. They see me do the things. And that's what I'm going to do. My parents, I don't think they really live like that. I'm living. And I'm going to have a good time doing it. Mm. Before I get to the last question, I got to say this. I usually struggle sometimes. You know, sometimes I don't struggle at all. I take that back. Let's go with my snippet to the intro of the episode. I'm gonna struggle with this one. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you that. You didn't hit us with so many. What do what what does um what's that app called? Clubhouse. So many gems has been said. <laughs> you know, get the clapping emojis and all that. But this has been an absolute pleasure. Seriously, Kira. And I, I'm glad that we made this happen. You know, this has been an absolute honor. Thank you. Um, but our last question is what changes do you want to see in your culture? Ooh. Ooh, that's a um, tough one there. Uh, the changes I, I want to see in my culture is for my culture to realize just how great they are. Just how powerful they are. Um, I would love to see more unity, more education, more empowerment, um, more pride. Um, That's what I would want to see. And respect from others for the contribution of my culture. You know, that's what I want to see. That's what I really want to see. Absolutely. Love it. So, Kira, 
you have made it through the makings of Kira. Thank you. Oh, we did it. You you did. You did. This this is you. Okay. Um, but of course, this is the time to shout yourself out. Where can if you are trying to be found and if the people is looking for you, where can they find you? Streets, not just one. But I do want to first say thank you so very much for having me on Everything Culture. I really admire from afar. So to have the opportunity to share the platform, it is, I do not take it lightly. So Black man, you are seen, you are heard, you are valued, you are needed. I appreciate you. Continue to do the great work that you are doing. So shout out to you. Okay. Thank you. That means a lot. Seriously. Great bit. Thank you. Big ups. <laughs> but if you want to find me, I am Kira, the host, the mom, and creator of Moms and Martinis. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Moms and Martinis, and on Instagrams at Moms and Martinis Pod. So that's where I'm at. Check me out. The podcast is in hiatus, i.e., retirement. We don't know what we're going to do with that. Grad school has me in the chokehold right now. <laughs> But we shall see. Um, but I have been thinking a lot about it. And I think this was definitely the awakening. So you, yeah, you got to make me unleash the beast. I'm how I'm back. <laughs> hey, if y'all hear what y'all have heard, um, y'all listening to what y'all have been able to hear so far. Like, this is a show that y'all want to check out. This is a personality to follow. Um... I'm impressed. Once again, just the conversations have. Don't, and don't get me wrong. She has a wild side to it, too. A little bit of a Because it was some questions that I asked. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I don't know which way she's going to hit this one. But she, you see how she was so poised, calm, and collective. Um, but she has a great perspective on her show, on her platform. As well as when she, cause when she steps out, she makes sure she don't have to speak loudly to be known in the room. Let me tell y'all that. And that's something greatly appreciated. Once again, when I say get on my level, Kira is there already. You know, it's like, hey, we say what's up when we meet each other. You feel me? So I greatly appreciate you being here once again. Um, And once again, take your time. If you do an episode every two months or quarterly, hey, that's a blessing. You know, that's when you're feeding people. You know, because you got so much what you're doing, but people need to hear you. So that's what we greatly appreciate you being here on the makings of kira with everything culture we greatly appreciate once again but you know y'all know how to find us y'all can find us anywhere you listen to a podcast at everything culture um the podcast for all cultures a podcast for the purpose um you can type us up in google you can go to our website at everythingculture.com we're on tiktok we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on tumblr we're on pinterest we're on ig we're on spotify we're on youtube we're on Apple Podcast. We're on Audible. I don't know if I said it already. We're on iHeart Music anywhere. I'm telling you, we got you. But we greatly appreciate y'all listening and supporting. Um, new episodes coming out very soon for season four. But we love y'all. Appreciate y'all. And God bless. Peace. <laughs>